This episode of the 501st Cast is dedicated to Art K.H. Liu, TD83314, from Taiwan Garrison, who passed away on March 28th, and Anthony Conte, TI28803, from Carolina Garrison, who passed away suddenly on April 13th. Both passed far too soon, but have an honored place in our Hall of Eternal Legionnaires. We found a computer outlet, sir. Plug in. You should be able to interpret the entire Imperial network. You are listening to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming organization. Stay tuned to global news from the front lines of the Empire as the men and women of Vader's Fist celebrate decades of promoting Star Wars, honing the art of costumes and props, and contributing to the community through charity and volunteer work. And here are your hosts. Take it away, troopers. Copy that. Welcome back to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Vader's Fist. This is episode 109 for April 2018. And here are your hosts, myself, Nikki, DZ8397. I am Marcus, TK14057. And I'm Joe, SL12743. The 501st Legion's currently at 12,717 members with 24,183 approved costumes in the Legion. Our newest member listed on 501st.com at the time of recording is Valerie, TI33758, a new reserve pilot for Bast Alpha Garrison. In this episode, we help give awards to Boy Scouts, celebrate Costa Rica Garrison's anniversary, and have troopers climb 69 flights of steps. So stay tuned. Recent news. We have some new and updated costume reference library entries to share with you this episode. Our Imperial Officer Corps detachment made some updates to the optional accessories for the for the a New Hope staff staff officer. Specifically, new holster images were added and the coloring updated from black to brown. Clone Trooper Detachment always has new stuff each month. This time, they've added Clone Trooper Thayer, Phase 2, and Sergeant Sinker, Phase 2. The latter of which is a realistic version of the Clone Wars character with references from the figure Sideshow made. The new Underworld Detachment has updated Weequace CRL with his real name, Pagetti Rook. Um, There might be a relation to Bodhi Rook, but just based on their looks, probably not. Since Weequay is a species and not the name of the specific character we see in Return of the Jedi, a rename was called for. There are other Weequays in Star Wars canon and Legends. Also, the text description of his bag was updated to match the reference and CRL images. And April 9th marked a special day for the Underworld Detachment. They debuted their first new-to-the-Legion costumes. Snoke's Navigator and DJ, both from The Last Jedi, are now added to the list of 501st approvable costumes. Uh, Crate Clan has updated three of their CRLs. The Jawa CRL has clarifications on the mask, rope, bandoliers, hood, and several new images. The Unuhope Tusken Raider male has clarifications and added info on material, weathering, and seams on all parts of the costume. And the Attack of the Clones... Tuscan Raider male has clarifications and added info and material, weathering, and seams on the mask, rope, trousers, bandoliers, and belt. It's always great to see that we can still learn and improve on our craft after all these years. 
And finally, we have the flagship Eclipse, and they have added a couple of new CRLs. First is Elena Daru, or Daru, from Star Wars The Old Republic. For those who aren't familiar with her uh, by name, she's the blue-hued Twi'lek and love interest of Darth Nelgus. And lastly, the uh, flagship Eclipse has also added Mortis Ahsoka, a version of the Ahsoka from the Clone Wars um, um, series, when she's under the dark spell of the sun in the Mortis trilogy. As always, you can check out links to all of the CRLs in our show notes. And thanks again to the Legion membership team for all these updates. Garrison Carita's PR officer shares the news that one of his garrison mates is preparing to donate his kidney. John, DS10186, dubs his GoFundMe campaign, Help Me Share My Spare. John has both a Kylo Ren and a First Order Flame Trooper costume for the 501st. He's also a former U.S. Marine and police officer. It's his former Marine commander that is in need of a kidney, and John wants to make it happen, but needs help with the medical expenses. We're proud to call John a member of the 501st Legion and wish him all the best on his quest to donate his kidney to someone in need. Great Lakes Garrison Trooper Mike, TK5156, just found out that his image can be found in the toy aisle at Target. He posed for Star Wars artist and 501st honorary member Chris Trevis in his First Order Trooper with Riot Baton, and Chris's artwork can now be found on the new Blade Builders Electronic Riot Baton. Mike finds it surreal that after collecting Star Wars toys for most of his life, his image is now on one. I wonder if he'll sign these at the next celebration. He should. Yeah. Yeah. This is Admiral Wilhoff Talk and asking you to listen to the 501st cast. Otherwise, we'll steer the Death Star in your direction. Mission reports. 501st cast listeners should know by now that Alaskan Garrison is our Rockstar Hospital Troop Unit. On February 23rd, four of Alaskan Garrison's finest spend the afternoon taking over the inpatient pediatric unit and the Ronald McDonald House at Alaska Native Medical Center. Although the PEDS unit had a high number of infants this visit, the dark side presence was a nice change of pace for moms and families supporting their wee ones. There were tons of smiles, laughs, and photos to go around. Once the troopers made their, um, their way to the Ronald McDonald House, there was lots of play on the massive interactive TV with a few kids the garrison knows well, as well as some new friends, both young and old. They made along the way. It was an absolutely fantastic visit, had by all. Then on March 15th, six members of the Alaskan Garrison and Rebel Legion took over the halls of the Children's Hospital at Providence for their 25th monthly visit. These visits are consistent, stability, fun, laughs, hugs, and smiles that the patients, their families, and staff look forward to every month. There's no one who visits the hospital more. The crew of six Legionnaires with the amazing Child Life Specialist Escort had an absolute blast, causing trouble through the familiar halls of the PEDS and PICU units. They even had some NICU families come and visit them as well. Finally, on March 23rd, a crew of four Fiber First and a Jedi took over the halls of the Alaska Native Medical Center and the Ronald McDonald House for their 15th monthly visit at the facility. For moms and dads with new sick babies, young boys with Down syndrome, and little ones from remote parts of, parts of Alaska, they came to begin their cancer battles. Their visit was once again a welcome distraction for patients, parents, and of course the staff. We'll have links to photos from all three visits in our show notes. Thanks to Jen IC84864 for that report. 
Starkiller Garrison pulled double duty on Saturday, March 3rd. First was Sandy Lake Comic Con. This was Starkiller's second time attending this con, but this year the venue moved to the local middle school. They were given the school's art room to change in. It was large and spacious and thankfully not very far away from their con booth. Being inside of a school as a venue... Everything felt segregated. There were people tucked into hallways and classrooms, and foot traffic appeared to be a bit low, but they tried to make it work. Although they had about 12 people attend their Q&A, that was a fairly high percentage for a town of only about 1,000 people. For the second half of the day, troopers partnered with the local community symphony in the small town of Butler in western Pennsylvania. Starkiller Garrison and their Rebel Legion counterparts started arriving around 5 p.m. and were escorted to the music classroom. Classroom changing rooms seemed to be the theme for the day, where they changed and enjoyed a huge spread of pizza, cookies, and drinks. They started to make their way out to the lobby around 6 p.m. and were greeted by eager patrons, some of whom came dressed in costume, too. Legionnaires posed for a ton of photos until getting the signal that the performance was about to begin. That was their cue to take a break until it was time to head back out and do it all again during intermission. Everyone was delighted and thankful to have the 501st and Rebel Legion there. In all, they had 17 troopers from Starkiller Garrison, 1st State Garrison, and Ghost Base. Thanks to Greg, SL2936, and Bobby, IG13525, for that report. Empire City Garrison often appears at the Cradle of Aviation Museum on Long Island. This time they were there for the Chocolate Expo on Sunday, March 4th. The event featured chocolate-themed vendors and exhibits, with a portion of the proceeds going to the Harry Chapin Food Bank of Long Island. The 21 members of ECG and nine members from the Rebel Legion were kept as a surprise to attendees, and the museum orchestrated a special dramatic entrance about 45 minutes after the event doors opened to maximize the effect. This is one of the more crowded events that ECG attends at the museum with a steady stream of guests in the thousands throughout the day. Wherever they went, a line would instantly form for photos. It was a bit exhausting navigating through the crowds and running the photo op event, but it was worth it. They raised more than $135 for the food bank. We'll have a link to a partial group photo in our show notes, and ECG plans to return to the Cradle of Aviation on June 23rd and 24th for CradleCon, and then August 11th and 12th for the Long Island Retro Gaming Expo. Thanks to Chris, SL6744, for that report. And we're back in Alaska. The Alaskan Garrison had a couple of Make-A-Wish duties to perform on March 4th. First, six members helped the Make-A-Wish Foundation reveal little three-year-old L.J. Barnes's wish. L.J.'s favorite Star Wars characters, along with Make-A-Wish volunteers, met at midday at the community center on joint base Elmendorf-Richardson, where Crewman Wallace had the pleasure of telling L.J. and his family that they were going to Disney and that they were leaving that night. Despite L.J.'s young age, his Star Wars knowledge was vast, and he was very excited to see all the characters there to help him celebrate then four members of the garrison teamed up again with Make-A-Wish to escort LJ and his family to their late-night flight at Ted Stevens International Airport. LJ is bravely batting a, br- a brain tumor, but he held Lord Vader and Kaloran's hands as they walked through the airport. There were tons of photos coloring while waiting at the gate, and imperial shenanigans of the best kind were had with LJ, his family, Alaska Airlines, airport staff, and bystanders. This was an s- extra special day. Um, and trip for LJ and his family since he ended up having to start cancer treatment in Cincinnati away from his dad and sister right after returning from his Make-A-Wish trip. 
We'll have a link to photo galleries from the Wish Reveal and Send Off in our show notes, as well as Alaska Vader's vlog report from the airport. Be sure to check that out in our show notes as well. Thanks again to Jen IC84864 for that report. In the last podcast, we heard from Imperial Sands Garrison's PR officer, Jamie, TK67076, with a pre-troop report about the Naval Air Facility El Centro's air show. Here is the post-troop report. The 2018 air show was another huge success. Friday night was a pre-show food festival and fireworks display where over 20 members trooped, many of them traveling over 100 miles from San Diego, Los Angeles, and Phoenix. We noticed a number of Mandalorians showing up as well, as it seems this event is becoming one of the Mando's biggest events in that area. Saturday morning, March 10th, we were up early getting onto the field for the air show. In past years, El Centro's desert environment meant hot temperatures and dry conditions. But this year, we had overcast skies and even rain, which, fortunately, finished early enough to not affect the day's festivities. Even more troopers showed up for Saturday, including 28 501st members, 26 Mandalorians, four Rebel Legion members, and droid builders from all around Southern California, Nevada, and Arizona. We also welcomed several members from Mexican Garrison who crossed the border to join in on the fun. As always, the finale of the day was an amazing performance by the legendary Blue Angels. It's always a fan-favorite photo op to see the squad of Blue Angels-inspired Mandalorians standing in front of the famous FA-18 Hornet Blue Angel jets. Check out the link in our show notes for photos. Empire City Garrison and Alaska Garrison attended some Cub Scout Blue and Gold events last month. The first was the afternoon of Saturday, March 10th for Levittown's PAC 330. ECG deployed two troopers and were joined by members of Empire Sabre Guild. The next Blue and Gold was the evening of March 16th for a pack in New Hyde Park, New York. The kids were totally surprised by our troopers' appearance. The scout organizer collected donations for Make-A-Wish in our name and $130 was raised. Then on the evening of March 23rd, three troopers from ECG were joined by Jedi Len from the Rebel Legion to celebrate Pack 201 out of Mineola's Blue and Gold Dinner. They posed for tons of photos and ran a mini blaster trooper booth for the scouts. Finally, on March 24th, three members of Alaska Garrison invaded Cub Scout Pack 239 from Eagle River, their Blue and Gold Dinner. The troopers guarded the food and watched the scouts perform skits, and they helped pick each raffle winner, and the scouts received their awards and rank achievements from Kylo Ren himself. We'll have links to photos from all four of these troops in our show notes, and thanks to Chris, TB6744, and Jen, IC84864, for that report. The morning of September, March 10th, once again saw members of Empire City Garrison freezing for a reason as they attended the Special Olympics Polar Plunge at Tobai Beach, Long Island. This event helps sponsor Special Olympic events throughout the year, and the organizers were very pleased to have the 501st appear. George TK11710, Chris TB6744, and Matt TI22994 were this year's Trooper Popsicles. The weather was cold and breezy, but they all managed, and there was a very nice turnout of attendees, which helped them keep their mind off the cold. ECG will be returning for the next Special Olympics Polar Plunge event later this year in um, Cedar Beach. We'll have a link to a group photo with some polar bears in our show notes. Thanks to Chris TV 6744 for that report. 
Empire City Garrison attended two different St. Baldrick's events last month. For those who are unfamiliar, St. Baldrick's Foundation is a volunteer-powered charity that funds childhood cancer research grants. They believe all kids should be able to grow up and turn their dreams into realities. Most notably, it's the charity famous for shaving heads for charity. Their first event was the evening of March 13th at Mepham High School on Long Island. With less than a week's notice, they all managed to pull together a nice set of characters to support this. George, TK11710, Chris, SL6744, Joe, SL91452, Lou, TI6908, Bill, TK20177, and John, DZ42070, volunteered from ECG and were joined by members of the Rebel Legion and Empire Saber Guild. Troopers were proud to attend and posed for photos with all the attendees, including two children being honored for their fight against cancer. They also had some fun giving the emperor a haircut and fooling around with some of the high school reporters filming and streaming. Then on the evening of March 28th, ECG members attended another St. Baldrick's event, this time at James Wilson Young Middle School in Bayport, New York. Although it was submitted on short notice, ECG was able to send out three members and host a photo booth that raised $50, which they gave directly to the St. Baldrick's Foundation on site. Check out the link to a photo in our show notes where troopers are buzzing the emperor's head. Uh, and the National Junior Honor Society, which ran the event, was very happy to have Legionnaires there to add some additional excitement to the event. And ECG was proud to support this event and had a great time interacting with the kids and adults in attendance, giving out cards and taking photos. Thanks to Chris, SL6744, and Bill, TK20177, for that report. Both Costa Rica Garrison and Empire City Garrison had troops to celebrate Down Syndrome Day the weekend of March 17th and 18th. First, on March 17th, Costa Rica Garrison deployed 11 troopers at the request of um, Essie Down, a Down Syndrome Association, to a special celebration they had organized at Costa Rica National Amusements Park. Essie Down planned several activities, such as free passes for those with Down Syndrome, music concerts, and of course, a visit from our troops. Costa Rica Garrison was honored to team up with the Rebel Legion, Man Works, Sabre Guild, and Sith Dynasty members to have fun with these special people. Then on March 18th, six members of Empire City Garrison attended Alexander's Angels World Down Syndrome Day at Broadway Commons Mall in Hicksville, New York, from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. They had activities, games, a DJ, dancing, and booths to help raise awareness and get assistance for those with Down Syndrome. World Down Syndrome Day, WDSD, is celebrated for people with Down Syndrome and those who live and work with them throughout the world. Um, organize and participate in activities and events to raise public awareness and create a single global voice for advocating for the rights, inclusion, and well-being of people with Down syndrome. Our members had a great time interacting with the kids and adults in attendance, giving out cards and posing for photos. The organizers were very happy to have the Fiber First there to add some additional attention and excitement to the event. ECG raised $60 at Beer Donations from Photo Ops. They were happy to make the donation right on the spot to the Alexander's Angels organization. Thanks to our rock star contributors, Grand Admiral Ed AR5494 and Chris SL6744 for those reports. We'll have links to photos from each event in our show notes. 
At the request of Lucasfilm and Disney, Empire City Garrison attended the Omnicom Media Group Partner Summit at the Saks Fifth Avenue building in Lower Manhattan on Wednesday, March 21st. With less than 48 hours' notice, the ECG was able to provide two TKs, Chris TK6744 and Joe TK91452. There was an early call time due to an active snowstorm, so they arrived a few hours prior to the event. Their task was to escort a Disney executive on stage as she gave her presentation, then take photos with some of the guests in the auditorium. They also took some photos with the executives and staff backstage. They were all very appreciative of the 501st presence there and that they were able to brave the snowstorm and send troopers on short notice. Special thanks to ECG's Dave Conklin for squiring and taking photos on site. Thanks to Chris, TK6744, for that report. March 23rd, 2007 is a date to remember for Star Wars fandom in Costa Rica. It is the day, now 11 years ago, that the 501st Legion came to Costa Rica. The day the former outpost, now Garrison, was formed. 24 members of the Garrison gathered together on March 24th to celebrate this anniversary. 11 years for Costa Rica outpost and one year for Costa Rica Garrison. To celebrate, they also had a photo shoot and we'll link to the photo gallery of those photos in our show notes. During the party, they also threw a surprise baby shower for Arturo, TX80693, and Jess, ID73054, who are expecting their firstborn soon. To borrow a Mandalorian proverb, family is more than blood. Congratulations, Costa Rica Garrison, on your anniversary. And thanks, as always, to Grand Admiral Ed, AR5494, for always keeping us up to date on the Legion in Costa Rica. On March 24th, five Legionnaires from Starkiller Garrison, Garrison Carita, First State Garrison, and the Rebel Legion teamed up to attend the Pittsburgh Children's Hospital Ball for the first time. Although the theme was under the sea, that didn't stop our members from having a fun time mingling with all the attendees. They made their entrance in style and stunned the crowd as they walked around playing with all the children, even the big ones. Troopers were very busy posing for photos and playing games for most of the evening. Also attending the ball were local mascots, Disney princesses, pit cheerleaders, pit dance team, Pirates of the Caribbean characters, Miss Pennsylvania with her court, and several animals from the Columbus Zoo. Around the walls were various carnival-type games for the kids to play. Um, And of course, Darth Vader couldn't resist the chance to show the power of his free throw. And he also stunned the kids by spinning a basketball on his finger. Thanks to Tim, TK74472, for that report. The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's The Big Climb fundraiser in Seattle took place on Sunday, March 25th. Garrison Titan and a guest from Outer Rim Garrison joined many families and friends of existing patients, past patients, and recovered patients at the Columbia Tower to stair-climb 69 floors. Our Legionnaires couldn't just stand on the sidelines and cheer them on. They joined in. Two TIE fighter pilots and two scout troopers from Garrison Titan and one sand trooper from Outer Rim Garrison all appeared in full armor at the day of the climb. There are two categories of participants, racer and climber, and we had troopers in each. Racers get a time chip and are generally in the competitive realm. Climbers do not get timed. Greg TB3672 was asked a few times by the climbers in the lineup if he was actually stair climbing in his armor. Sarah TB2748 was told by other participants that our team was making the Empire, Darth Vader, and the Emperor 
crowd. Mercedes TI-2696 got high fives from a child who was a volunteer in charge of handing out water. The child was determined to high five every Star Wars character after seeing Mercedes stair climbing away in her pilot gear. In the racer category, Kevin Lamb, TI-4976, completed the climb in 24 minutes, 26 seconds with his helmet on most of the way and not breaking a drop of sweat. On the observation deck where the finish line was, Team Captain Eves, the TD-9815, handed a bottle of water to a climber and asked him, Would you like to do a second climb? Show off. He finished at 15 minutes, 37 seconds. Hundreds of stair climbers showed up for this event, and many who saw our team were thrilled to see them conquer the stairs alongside them. The troopers were in peak performance as they have been in training since late November. Did we mention the team captain does push-ups before and after the climb? Again, show off, LOL. But in the end, the team raised $1,546 towards the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, and that's no laughing matter. Thanks to Eve, TD9815, for that report. Longtime listeners may remember that we've talked about Eve and his infamous stair-climbing troops on previous shows throughout the years. His own garrison, Outer Rim, did a stair-climbing event back in February to support the British Columbia Lung Association, but we ran out of time to include that as a full report. Sorry, Eve. Fourteen troopers from Starkiller Garrison invaded the Blair County Convention Center in Altoona for the annual Mirror Mom Superhero Day on March 25th. Although a couple days leading up to the event, the host reached out asking for more help. Unfortunately, the superhero group she had advertised would be there said they were unable to make it this year. Starkiller put the call out on Facebook to see if anyone was able to help or knew anyone who had a superhero costume. Josh, TK26031, ending up turning in his Stormtrooper armor in order to be Captain America for the day. And one of Starkiller's squires donned a borrowed Batman costume to help add a couple more superheroes. Kudos to those two for helping out wherever and with whatever is needed. To backtrack, this event is basically a mini-con for kids. Adults aren't allowed to come without a child. There were at least 600 to 700 kids who attended this year. Last year, there was about 400. Thanks to Jessica, DS52414, who brought all sorts of little toys, books, activity sheets, cards, and other knickknacks that they used to hand out to all of the kids. Starkiller was able to get a little recruiting done with the adults, too. They handed out flyers and have already spoken to several potential recruits. We'll have a link to photos in our show notes, as always. And thanks to Gina, DZ11277, for that report. The weekend of April 6th to the 8th saw Starkiller Garrison attending Teco in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania for the first time, and by all accounts, it certainly won't be the last. This year's show had an astounding 9,751 attendees. The show staff was very professional and easy to work with and took the time to visit the 501st booth and let our members know that they were an asset to the show. Always nice to hear that. Although primarily anime-focused, there was also a good mix of video games, comic books, movies, and tons of cosplay. Starkiller gained a lot of new recruits seriously interested in joining. They were given an entire corner of the vendor area as booth space and used it in part to host Blasted Trooper, which was a huge hit, raising $576 for Make-A-Wish. On Saturday of the con, 501st and Rebel Legion members hosting a recruitment slash info panel. They covered the basics of what we are and what we do, and then opened it up for the Q&A. There was literally a rush of new recruits who went down to the 501st booth after the panel 
to learn more about how to become members. So I think we can call that panel very successful. Over the course of the weekend, they had over 40 people sign up with their email address so they could be sent more info about joining. Well done. Thanks to Bobby TK13525 for that report. On Sunday, April 8th, Costa Rica garrison troops teamed up with the Rebel Legion, Saber Guild, Sith Dynasty, and aspiring recruits to help young Manu's family raise money for his care. Manu was a five-and-a-half-year-old boy who had been fighting for two years with a mysterious and undiagnosed disease, characterized by convolutions that are uncontrolled by regular medication. He had been examined and treated with the available techniques and procedures in Costa Rica with no results. But there's hope. Manu has been admitted into Boston Children's Hospital in their Pediatric Prognosis for Rare Cases program in order to track his rare disease and finally get a proper treatment and cure. The downside is that it costs $150,000. Manu's family is actively raising the money for his medical attention in the U.S. They have currently raised just 11% of the money, but they keep fighting. We have a link to his Facebook page in our show notes so you can read more of his story and help encourage him in his fight. We'll have a link to a photo from this troop in our show notes as well. Thanks to Grand Admiral Ed AR5494 for that report. On Friday, April 13th, members of Imperial Sands Garrison were honored to participate in a very special prom. The Friends of Scott Foundation is a nonprofit organization in San Diego whose mission it is to help children and their families affected by cancer. It began after Scott Delgadillo lost his battle with leukemia in 2001. Their flagship event, called the Unforgettable Prom, was created because Scott wanted to attend his winter formal, but due to his illness, never had the opportunity to do so. It is an annual all-expenses-paid event where they literally roll out the red carpet, provide limo service, gowns, and even crown a king and queen. This year's theme was Star Wars Reach for the Stars, so of course the 501st was honored to be part of this year's event. Over 20 troopers and a handful of wranglers put together an impressive appearance. There was even a surprise Star Wars celebrity appearance. San Diego native Kelly Marie Tran, a.k.a. Rose Tycho, will include links to a group photo with her, a photo gallery from the Foundation, and the local news station's report in our show notes. Thanks to Jamie, TI67076, for that report. Empire City Garrison once again visited the children's wing of Stony Brook University Hospital on Long Island on Saturday, April 14th. George TK11710, Tabitha DZ61406, Chris TB6744, Ron SL5928, Joe TK91452, and Jen TB21202 from ECG were joined by Paul from the R2 Builders, who naturally brought his R2D2, always a big hit with the kids. They visited a number of rooms in the children's children's wing, taking photos with the kids and their families. Plus, they handed out some trading cards, puzzles, and coloring books that Ron provided for the children they visited. The staff throughout the hospital were so excited and appreciative for our members' visit. Hospital troops are often very profound and rewarding experiences for our members, and we are proud to be able to bring smiles to kids' faces who are going through a very tough time. We'll have a link to a group photo in our show notes, and thanks to Chris, TB6744, for that report. And now a word from one of our sponsors. Hi, I'm Han Solo, captain of the Millennium Falcon. I may not sound like Han Solo right now, but when you do what I do for a living, you learn how to conceal everything, including your voice. The Millennium Falcon, the ship that made the Kessel run in less than 12 parsecs. 
If you're planning to relocate to another system and have a whole bunch of stuff to move, the Falcon can get it there just as fast. Uh, when it wants to. Isn't that right, Lando? Lando? Oh, 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 that's right, Hanel, buddy, you never let me down. She's the fastest hunk of junk in the galaxy. Uh, yeah, right. Han Solo Movers. We'll smuggle anything, anywhere. Offer not valid in any shipping lanes patrolled by Imperial vessels. Upcoming events. Well, as we just heard, uh, a, a solo commercial, if you will, uh, <laughs> we've got a new movie featuring the old smuggler coming up, and uh, I'm kind of excited about this. It, uh, I'm. I'm a big Han Solo fan, despite being the Emperor. And uh, I, I, you know what? T- to be honest, guys, I really think this movie, just by looking at the trailer that's out now, it, I get the feels that I got for Rogue One, anticipating mm-hmm. the the link there, if you will, to the old uh, the old saga, the old trilogy. What do you guys think? I thought the trailer looked like a lot of fun. Um, I have a lot of confidence in in Ron Howard. Um, I think he's going to make a movie that all the Star Wars fans are really going to love. And on like a total sort of side note, the merchandising, solo cups. I mean, that's just brilliant. (laughs) And then, and after one of the troops we had recently, we took, you know, the whole gang over to Denny's and we bought as many trading cards as we could. And we were all sitting there like little kids trading our trading cards. It was, it was just awesome. We bought the cups that had the giant Millennium Falcon for a lid. It was just, it just seems so fun. I don't know how else to describe it, but did it was you just get all those, wealth cards? Yes, we did actually. Oh, Thanks to being in such a large group, and we were able to trade because first we were two cards short, um, but they were the exact same two cards that the other person had two duplicates of, and we had two duplicates of the two cards that they were short of. So we were able to swap, and we both got completed sets. So that was it. Was just a lot of fun, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Although you mentioned him as an old smuggler, he's actually going to be a young smuggler <laughs> and a young Chewbacca. Yeah. Did yeah. anyone well, catch? Not that young, um, well, it'd be interesting younger. to see if it shows how they met. Um, because I, in the trailer, he asks Chewie, what's your name anyway? And he kind of says a three-syllable grunt, <laughs> which I thought was pretty humorous. You know, is that supposed to be Chewbacca in, in uh, Shrewook? But um, Maybe. Yeah, who knows? But it, it's uh, going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I hope that we get to see Boba in this movie. Are you guys looking forward to seeing some uh, Mando action at all? There was just a recent picture that went up that showed mm-hmm. um, Paul. Was it Paul Bettany's character? And in the background, there's a mannequin with Mandalorian armor on it. Didn't look at all like Fett's armor, but but it was Mandalorian at least. Um, I'm actually more curious if. That female Wookiee is not Mala. Who is it? You don't think it's her? I or? hope it's her. Oh, if it's yeah. not, Chewie's got some explaining to do. Uh, <laughs> could be his, his aunt or uncle. <laughs> <laughs> Just a quick hug. <laughs> I think I think overall, I think we were all a bit you know nervous uh, about Solo after hearing about the massive reshoots and... and director change and all that but i think i think once we we saw the trailer um when was this like uh like sunday two weeks ago or so um i think we pretty much calmed down and we're really excited about it because um 
like like Joe said, um, it, it also gave me the fields, and it's it's definitely going to be um, on, this, on the same. I think it has the same grittiness as Rogue One does, based on what we saw, and I think we'll be in for a lot of surprises, maybe some some um, character appearances that um, you know we haven't uh, really thought of or or they weren't announced yet. Uh, I'm sure we. Well, in, we're, we're going to be in for 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 a great ride, and um, I think it'll be a very pleasant movie after uh, everything is said and done. Though I did attend a panel recently that Mike Quinn was on, who plays Nine Numb, and he did confirm that unfortunately his character did not make it into Solo. Okay. So we don't have to look for him in it. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'm sure there'll be other little cameos we should look for though. Yeah, I uh, I am also a big Lando fan. Um, I'm not sure what I think about the yellow outfit. I've, whenever I think of Lando, I always think of him as either in the the blue Empire Strikes Back garb or his uh, Rebel General outfit in uh, Return of the Jedi. But uh, for some reason, the phrase "Banana Lando" seems to stick in my head, and I don't even know where I got that from. <laughs> well, his his cloak though isn't that lined in like like gold or yellow color? So yeah, it's a color he uses, yeah, sort of. I ba- guess banana peel, yeah. <laughs> so then of course before solo we have big celebration week basically between may the 4th uh revenge of the sith 501 day mm-hmm. big first weekend free comic book day is also may the 5th um and hopefully wrapped up in all that mm-hmm. excitement will be finally a celebration announcement <gasps> i hope so Time to start saving your money. I don't, uh, boy, I'm going to have to open up a savings account and uh, start putting away. Of course, I live right near Anaheim, but uh, well, well, we'll see. I mean, uh, if it's going to be in Anaheim, uh, I think that's where my credits are is uh, in Anaheim. Yeah, that does seem to be the prevalent bet. Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to switch back. Celebration Orlando last year was also announced on May 4th, 2016. So we could uh, we could be looking at that date. Nice. I hope so. I mean, I think it would really help ramp up the hype for Solo too later in the month when people are, uh, you know, focusing their attention more on Star Wars news to read more about Celebration. And obviously, Solo information will also be on the same, you know, news sites and StarWars.com at the same time. So I think it definitely makes sense to to kick off the month. Makes the sense. Make the announcement right before Solo have it uh, the actual celebration wherever it's going to be right before episode nine, a few months before, perhaps. I think that both will ramp up excitement for both movies. So I think from a marketing standpoint, it uh, makes a ton of sense. Let's do it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> This episode, we'd like to give a shout out to our February 2018 Trooper of the Month, Scott Huber, TK17105, from Wisconsin Garrison. We'd like to read one of the nominations that was sent in by Becky, DZ10178. And it says, At the end of January, Wisconsin Garrison was asked by Make-A-Wish Foundation to be part of granting a wish for a three-year-old Sarah, who is a huge Star Wars fan and just had a liver transplant to help battle her cancer. We had actually first met this little girl at Children's Hospital of Wisconsin when we were there for our first visit and met her several other times at different events. Her wish was to have a play date with her Star Wars friends, and Make-A-Wish asked if it would be possible to get 
her a Sabine Wren costume, as Sabine is currently one of her favorite characters. I immediately reached out to several members of the garrison, along with some rebels and Amando, to see if we could make this happen. Everyone jumped right in and got to work without any hesitation. And it says in brackets here, we should also note that she turned down a trip to Disney and was adamant about having a play date with her 501st Rebel Legion and Mando friends instead. Scott took the lead on the build right away, making a list of measurements we'd need and ensuring each part was covered. He was drafting the armor pieces within hours. Scott really went above and beyond on this project, spending most of February building the armor, crafting the belt and holsters out of leather, creating strapping and attachments for the armor, and painting all the armor pieces and the helmet. Due to the fickle nature of 3D printing, he received the helmet on the Wednesday before our Sunday troop, and was somehow able to get it finished on time. The detailed painting on this armor is astounding, and much of it had to be done by hand because of its small size. He estimates he spent nearly 30 hours just painting the helmet and shoulder bells. In addition to his work on the costume, Scott also printed custom vinyl decals for the tiny little armor tote, a touch that brought our little friend's mom to tears. He arrived early on the day of the event to get the costume all set out, and he brought and set up a blaster trooper as well. Several people spent a lot of time working on this project, and they all should be commended. The costume turned out amazing, and the troop was a great success. Scott's hard work and dedication to the project was most impressive, and this costume would have never happened without him. He spent an estimated 70 hours on the costume over the course of a month. I think he is very deserving of Trooper of the Month and a great asset to the Wisconsin Garrison and the 501st Legion. We'll have several links to photos, a news article, and a post made by Sarah's mom in our show notes. For more upcoming events, be sure to check out our friends at Roku Depot. They publish a data burst from the 501st, which contains upcoming events from as many of our Legion units as they can gather data from. That's Roku Depot, dot com. As always, our official home on the web is 501st.com slash podcast, where you can post your feedback and comments and listen to previous episodes of the show. The 501st cast is an easy way to catch up on a few weeks of Legion news while driving, at the office, or working out. But if you're looking for up-to-the-minute news, you'll need to get it from our social media feeds like Facebook and Twitter. Just look us up on Facebook as The 501st Legion, or go to facebook.com slash The 501st Legion. You can also follow us on Twitter as at 501st Legion, or go to Twitter. Twitter.com slash 501st Legion. Join in the discussion as thousands of fellow fans share their passion for trooping, Star Wars, and charity. And don't forget, you can listen to this podcast on our website, on iTunes, Stitcher, and the Star Wars Podcasts Android app. The 501st Legion is a worldwide Star Wars costuming organization comprised of and operated by Star Wars fans. While it is not sponsored by Lucasfilm Limited, it is Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming group. Star Wars, its characters, costumes, and all associated items are the intellectual property of Lucasfilm. Copyright and trademark Lucasfilm Limited. All rights reserved. That's it, troopers. Join us next time on the 501st Cast. Isn't this episode 108? <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm this. Oh, wait, hold on. Um... The the, the the top says episode CV, you know, 111. I'm, I'm, it does? Oh, sorry.
No, it's 109, the, I think. The subject line says 109, but I forgot to change the one down below it. Oh, okay. My bad. It's good material for the end of the show. Our first blooper. <laughs> In all, they had 17 troopers from Starkiller Base, 1st State Garrison, and Ghost Base. Thanks to Greg, SL2936, and Bobby, IG13525, for that report. I don't know if you want to redo it, but it was actually Starkiller Garrison, but you said Starkiller Base. <laughs> Oh my for the, goodness! For in all, they had seventeen troopers. 